Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, The Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is August 24th, 2020. For many years, the Washington hawk has been on the brink of extinction. As background for those younger investors who have never seen a Washington hawk, it has historically come in two varieties, the monetary hawk and the fiscal hawk. A good example of a monetary hawk was Fed Chairman Paul Volcker, who raised the federal funds rate to 20% in the early 1980s, plunging the economy into recession in a successful war against inflation. Fiscal hawks include notables such as Senators Phil Graham, Warren Rudman and Fritz Hollings, who sponsored landmark legislation in 1985, designed to eliminate the federal deficit by 1991. Washington hawks flourished in the late 1970s and 1980s when deficits and inflation were seen as significant threats to the nation. However, their numbers have dwindled in recent years due to persistent low inflation and the rise of populism. The current pandemic recession appears to have dealt a death blow to the species, and its traditional habitat has now been taken over by swirling flocks of red and blue doves. The supremacy of monetary doves should be on full display this week at the Fed's annual Jackson Hole Retreat, which will be conducted virtually this year. On Friday morning, Fed Chair Jay Powell makes some comments on the Monetary Policy Framework Review, which the Fed has been conducting since 2018. It is likely that he will speak approvingly of the concept of average inflation targeting and that this will be included in an updated version of the Fed's statement on longer-run goals and monetary policy strategy following the conclusion of the September FOMC meeting on September 16th. The Fed has a long-term objective of achieving 2% inflation, as measured by the personal consumption deflator. However, in recent years, the actual inflation rate has consistently undershot this target, and this appears to have led to a reduction in inflation expectations among workers, consumers, and investors. One problem with this is that low expected inflation can beget low actual inflation, as wage and price increases are set based on subdued expectations. One proposed solution to this, broadly known as inflation average, average inflation targeting, is to deliberately let inflation run hotter than its 2% target for a period to allow inflation expectations to rise. One way this policy could be implemented would be by trying to achieve this average inflation goal over a fixed period of time, as was noted in a recent article by economists at the San Francisco Fed. For example, year-over-year consumption deflator inflation has averaged 1.5% over the past three years. An average inflation targeting regime could aim for 2.5% average inflation over the next three years. If this was achieved, then the economy would have averaged 2% inflation over a six-year period, and the public might well adjust its inflation expectations to roughly 2%. Of course, even if the Fed does adopt some version of average inflation targeting, many investors may doubt their ability to raise the inflation rate above 2% in order to achieve it. After all, central banks around the world have consistently failed to raise inflation over the past decade, despite very easy monetary policy expressed largely in the form of near-zero interest rates. However, it's crucial to recognize that the Fed's efforts to boost inflation going forward won't need to rely on low short-term interest rates alone. Since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic, the federal government has adopted an extremely expansionary fiscal policy, and the Federal Reserve has enabled this policy essentially through massive debt monetization. Indeed, since the start of the year, the Federal Reserve has financed $2 trillion of the massive $3.5 trillion expansion in the public debt. 
While monetary stimulus operating on its own through the medium of low long-term interest rates is a fairly feeble tool in boosting either demand or inflation, it can be very powerful if it enables the federal government to cut taxes and increase spending almost without limit, particularly if fiscal policy is focused on increasing incomes for lower and middle-income households and continued once the economy is otherwise reasonably healthy. Of course, the economy remains far from healthy today. Data due out this week should show some further recovery from the coronavirus recession, but still with very significant slack. In particular, continuing unemployment claims are likely to remain above 14 million, down from a peak of almost 25 million in early May, but more than double the 6.6 million seen in the worst week following the great financial crisis. In addition, real consumer spending for July should see a year-over-year decline of roughly 4.5% year-over-year, as an almost 5% bounce in consumer spending on goods is swamped by a 10% decline in services. Inflation data should continue to reflect this slack, with year-over-year consumption deflation and inflation rising from 8 tenths of a percent in June to 1% in July, still far short of the Fed's current 2% target. However, long-term investors should consider how the policy landscape will likely look after the election and the pandemic. Fiscal policy is likely to be very expansionary under either party, as there now appears to be no fiscal hooks among either the Democrats or the Republicans. Moreover, as a pandemic ends, pent-up demand for services should generate very strong economic growth, potentially absorbing economic slack much faster than in previous expansions. While this would be positive for the stock market, it could also push inflation well above 2% in 2022. While this would be in line with the Fed's new average inflation targeting plan, there's a risk that inflation could rise further beyond a range that the Fed feels comfortable with. If at that point the Fed applies the brakes by refusing to further increase the size of its balance sheet or even tapering its holdings of treasuries, long-term interest rates could rise fairly sharply. This would clearly be a negative for long-term bonds and possibly for growth stocks, relative value stocks. While many may doubt the ability of the Fed to raise the inflation rate after so many years of falling short, investors need to recognize the change in the Washington environment. The disappearance of both monetary and fiscal hawks suggests that, in a best scenario, average inflation targeting will succeed, and that in a worst-case outcome, it will fail not by undershooting an average inflation target, but by overshooting it. Either way, investors should prepare themselves not just for higher inflation, but for higher interest rates in the years ahead. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.